Hello and welcome to our seminar series on life's big questions. I suppose that there is no greater question that the world asks when considering a God. The number one uh, argument, I guess, that comes up is why does God allow suffering? We hope in the brief time that we have together to try and look at some of the reasons why that is true. Um, God does allow suffering, but what is, is there a purpose behind it? We have sympathy for those who greatly suffer, um, particularly at times like this in COVID times, when we see such a dramatic uh, reaction to the COVID crisis and the, cri the crisis in our hospitals. And we have that sympathy for people who are caught up in it and for the other problems in life that have to do with health. And we want to do what we can to help. There's no doubt about that. And we sometimes ask, uh, if there is a loving God, why does he stand back and do nothing? while the world is full of suffering. Suffering in our own lives can be a big problem. Uh, some of us are not able to believe in God or the Bible until we have found an answer to the problem of suffering. We shall look at this problem in two parts, and we're going to see that we suffer because we live in an imperfect world that suffering can be a warning that something is wrong, that suffering can make us stop and think, and suffering can build our characters. Sometimes there are reasons for suffering. The Bible tells us why we suffer, and it speaks of a future time when there will be no more suffering. There are three types of suffering. Suffering caused by ourselves, that is pain and suffering as the result of accident or injuries. Uh, suffering resulting from our lifestyle, caused by mankind in general, uh, war, persecution and pollution. There is suffering that's outside of human control, floods, earthquakes, illness and death. And we shall look at these three categories and see what we can learn. Well, firstly, let's talk about our imperfect world. We live in an imperfect world full of imperfect people. And this is the root cause of all suffering. The Bible tells us why there is this imperfection and what has been done to remove it in the future. The is the Bible a message from a God I can't see sections that we have looked at are intended to help you have confidence in the Bible message when it tells us about these issues. Suffering can be a reminder that we should think about our world, that it is not perfect need to touch the absolute threshold of touch is the smallest pressure we can detect 
applied to an area of skin which doesn't have any hairs on it. The most sensitive area to touch is our tongue, then the tips of our fingers. We can see from the table on the screen that the sole of our foot requires a high pressure before we notice it. And this makes sense because our feet bear all our weight when we are standing. We can see that the threshold of touch in each case is absolutely right for its purpose. Scientists have also measured the absolute threshold of pain. They measure this by seeing how much pressure needs to be applied to a very, uh, with a very sharp needle to induce pain. And typical values are the cornea in the eye, 0.2 grams, the forearm, 20 grams, the back of the hand, 100 grams, the sole of the foot, 200 grams, and the fingertips, 300 grams. The most sensitive part of our body to pain is the cornea, which can only stand 0.2 grams of pressure. And again, this makes sense, doesn't it? As anything sharp in our eye has the potential to cause us some very serious damage or even cause blindness. So it is essential that we quickly remove anything in our eyes. What is interesting is the fact that the fingertips are virtually the most sensitive to touch and yet the most insensitive to pain. This means that someone can play a musical instrument like a guitar or a violin by applying pressure to the strings without feeling pain. Interestingly, our internal organs don't respond to needles or heat. They respond to stimuli, which are important to each particular organ. For example, the stomach responds to the feeling of being distended and full. The kidneys respond to kidney stones. The pain system is designed to tell us that something is wrong with our bodies. Referred pain happens when the organ recruits nearby pain sensors to sound the alarm. For example, a heart attack victim can feel burning or constriction in the neck, the chest, the jaw or, or left arm. Skin cells there, though perfectly healthy, send alarm messages to the brain as if they were damaged, when in fact the problem lies with the neighbouring heart. If we eat an ice cream too fast or drink something too cold, we immediately suffer from a headache. It's the old pain that, that quickly goes to the head, doesn't it? Give you brain freeze, we used to call it. And, and pain is something which has been marvelously designed. Without it, our lives would be fraught with danger. The importance of this kind of pain is illustrated by an American boy who was born with no sense of pain. He was nine years old when his mother took him to the John Hopkins Medical School in Baltimore one uh, November day in 1937. Now, we might think that not being able to feel any pain would be great. However, this is what the examining doctor wrote in his report. Partial blindness in one eye because when he had sand in his eye, 
he did not notice it until permanent damage had been done. Scars on almost every part of his body. An enormous scar across his buttocks when he had sat on a heater and he did not notice until his flesh was burnt to the bone. One foot permanently deformed as he had broken a bone and walked about on it for months before it was spotted. Both hands so badly cut that he would never again be able to straighten his fingers. We can see that pain acts as a danger signal to the rest of us. But this unfortunate boy had nothing to warn him to stop and think when his body was being injured. Well, what about suffering that's caused by our own actions? We cause suffering and pain to ourselves in many ways. We may burn ourselves on a hot object, bruise our hand by hitting it with something, a hammer in my case, or strain a muscle by lifting a heavy object. I've done that too. And this suffering though is helpful. We remember the pain and we act appropriately next time. The pain is a warning that things are not right. We must stop and think about the problem. Backache usually tells us that we have damaged our back. And many of us are willing to do things which we know could involve suffering if things go wrong. Do we consider the risks before we do them? Modern travel is one example. Many of us travel in cars knowing of the suffering that could occur if we had an accident. And some of us, when thinking about the potential suffering involved in aeroplane accidents, decide that the risk is not worthwhile and do not travel by plane. Like suffering caused by minor injuries, the risk of suffering from accidents sometimes makes us stop and think about what we're going to do. What about lifestyle related suffering? Many of us suffer as a direct result of the sort of life we choose. And in some countries, cigarettes carry a health warning. Yet how many people ignore the warning and suffer the consequences later? Some of us choose to eat too much. <laughs> I'm a bit guilty of that myself and eat too much of the wrong kind of food and become overweight. And with the increasing risk of heart disease and diabetes, by the way, both of which I have. Because of immorality, AIDS is another problem. It was a big problem in the 80s. And while not heard of as much today, Nevertheless, it was classed as a lifestyle disease. All of these problems are warnings that we are abusing our bodies. So what can we say? We live in an imperfect world. Pain is a warning that things are not right. Suffering from accidents makes us stop and consider what would happen? Lifestyle-related suffering could make us want to change the way we live. Then 
there is suffering that is caused by mankind that is out of our control. Wars and persecution. And we sometimes ask the question, if there is a loving God, why has he allowed people to inflict so much suffering on others? And when we think like this, we should remember that if we want our creator to intervene, he could well intervene in our lives and stop us doing things which cause suffering. Many of us would resent such restrictions in our lives. We all have a selfish streak which wants its own way. That being so, it should not surprise us that from time to time, our self-interest causes suffering for others. In the Bible, Jesus has an interesting comment about suffering inflicted on innocent people. Relations between the Roman governor Pilate and the Jews at the time of Jesus was never good. The tension from time to time resulted in blood being shed. The people pointed out to Jesus a recent incident in Luke chapter 13, verses 1 through to 3. There we read, Now there were some present at that time who told Jesus about the Galileans whose blood Pilate had mixed with their sacrifices. Jesus answered, Do you think that these Galileans were worse sinners than all other Galileans because they suffered this way? I tell you no, but unless you repent, you too will all perish. Jesus answered their question by assuring his listeners that those killed were no more wicked than any other people. The interesting point for us to note is that he is showing that such events should make us stop and think about the fact that we shall all die eventually. Such events disturb our routine and remind us that it could be our turn next. Like suffering caused by injuries, we are being warned that we have a problem that requires thinking about. This should encourage us to look into what life is all about. Well, what about man-made problems? Almost all of us choose to do things which we know cause suffering. The way we cause pollution is just one example. We make the choice to pollute and must take the consequences of illnesses such as asthma. If we were to expect a loving God to prevent all suffering, this would include all the problems caused by pollution. And this would affect most goods and services in the industrialized countries. All suffering caused by people should make us stop and think. We are being reminded that something is not as it should be. We should think about the consequences of what we are doing in relation both to other people and to the planet on which we live. Many people are now thinking about the current and potential problems caused by human activity and are realizing that there is something wrong. 
measures are being taken to try and reduce the problems. And we can choose how to live our lives. We can choose how we treat other people. Other people's deaths remind us that our lives will not last forever. Suffering should make us think about the effect of our actions on others. But you know, the good news is that God does care. The Bible is very clear that God does not take pleasure in people's suffering. Here are three quotations from the Bible. One from the Old Testament and two from the New. In Ezekiel chapter 18, verse 32, we read, For I take no pleasure in the death of anyone, declares the Sovereign Lord. Repent and live. John 3.16, you probably know it quite well. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. And Peter says in his epistle, 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 9, he is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. The Bible describes how God has a plan where pain and suffering will be permanently taken away. And we're going to look at that in this next section that we'll discuss. Well, as we said, the pain system in our body has marvelous protective qualities. For example, if someone breaks their ankle, a broken bone causes a lot of pain. They don't put their weight on it because it is painful and this stops them damaging it further. Now, there is a problem though. What if the pain doesn't stop? We all know those who may have forms of cancer or arthritis or who have suffered the loss of a loved one or suffered the, from severe accidents. This type of physical or mental suffering is incessant. It doesn't seem to stop. This suffering can't be switched off. So why did God create continual pain? Now, this question, I admit, is very hard to answer. Some people with continual pain seem to endure far more than others. They can be physically ill or suffer mentally for long periods with no apparent hope of release. Quite clearly, in many, many cases, their suffering is not their fault. It wasn't caused by what they had done. So what is the answer? The Bible, as we have seen, suggests that suffering can be for our own good, even if we can't see the reason for it. And here is one example. In Hebrews chapter 12, and verse 7, and verses 9 and 10, we read, If you endure chastening, God deals with you as with sons. For what son is there whom a father does not chasten? Furthermore, we have had human fathers who corrected us and we paid them respect. For they indeed for a few days chastened us as seemed best to them. But he, that is God, for our profit, 
that we may be partakers of his holiness. Now, let's try and understand what the writer to the Hebrews is saying. God disciplines us as children, and often children can't see why they are being disciplined. You can perhaps think back to a time when you were a child and how your parents told you off for doing something that you thought they were being stupid or were simply being plainly wrong. But can we profit from pain? Sometimes we can't see a reason for God's discipline. But in hindsight, it is sometimes possible to see the benefit gained because of pain we have had to endure. Of course, saying this to someone who is currently suffering continual pain is very unlikely to make them feel better. Even spoken with great tact and diplomacy, the words, don't worry, this pain you are suffering is for your own benefit, could seem very heartless and cruel. Yet benefit can come from enduring pain. Let's change tack a little bit. Have you ever imagined a world without pain? What would a world without pain be like? The philosopher John Hick imagined what a world without all pain and evil would be like. Here is a quote from his book, Philosophy of Religion. Suppose, contrary to fact, that this world were a paradise from which all possibility of pain and suffering were excluded. The consequences would be very far-reaching. For example, no one could ever injure anyone else. The murderer's knife would turn to paper or his bullets to thin air. The bank safe, robbed of a million dollars, would miraculously become filled with another million dollars. Fraud, deceit, conspiracy and treason would somehow leave the fabric of society undamaged. Again, no one would ever be injured by accident. The mountain climber, steeplejack or plain child falling from a height would float unharmed to the ground. The reckless driver would never meet with the disaster. There would be no need to work. There would be no call to be concerned for others in time of need or danger. For in such a world, there could be no real needs or danger. To make possible this continuous series of individual adjustments, nature would have to work special providences instead of running according to general laws, which men must learn to respect on penalty of pain and death. The laws of nature would have to be extremely flexible. And sometimes an object would be hard and solid and sometimes soft. One can at least begin to imagine such a world. It is evident that our present ethical concepts would have no meaning at all. In our hedonistic paradise, there could be no wrong actions, nor any right actions in distinction from wrong. Courage and fortitude would have no point 
in an environment in which there is by definition no danger or difficulty. Generosity, kindness, love, prudence, unselfishness, and all other ethical notions which presuppose life in a stable environment could not be formed. In other words, in that sort of world, we couldn't develop any character. So in the world where we live, we can develop characteristics like love, compassion, kindness, gentleness, patience, long-suffering, endurance. The Bible says that God shows these characteristics and he wants us to be like him. In the Bible, God is described as a loving father who allows us to choose how we live our lives. We all, after all, generally like to have our own way. But of course, as a parent knows, letting children have their own way is not always the best for them. So it is with us. God wants us to develop his characteristics and show his character in our lives. We suggest that suffering is a way that a loving creator has chosen to get our attention. Help us develop good characteristics and make us think about his offer of life after death. What about suffering beyond our control? Well, Jesus again gives us help when thinking about suffering from events such as floods and earthquakes over which we have no control. Flowing on from the incident that we looked at, Jesus also mentions the suffering caused by a tower falling on some people. He said, or those 18 on whom the tower in Siloam fell and killed them, do you think that they were worse sinners than all other men who dwelt in Jerusalem? I tell you no, but unless you repent, you will all likewise perish. Jesus repeats the warning that he gave in the previous incident. Stop and think about the end of your life. Ultimately, it does not matter whether we die from an accident at 20 years old or in bed at 95, the end result is the same. We all tend to put out of our minds the fact that our life will end. Suffering can be a warning that interrupts our normal routines. It can make us stop and think about the fact that our lives will end one day. The good news is that death need not be the end for us. And the purpose of this seminar is to give you the evidence that there is a trustworthy worthy message in the Bible and that its message contains a hope of life after death. Suffering and death serve as a warning. We should consider whether or not we can trust ideas about life after death. Suffering disturbs our routines and make, makes us consider what life is all about. If we trust what the Bible tells us, we can be assured that one day suffering will end. 
One of the aims of life's big questions information is that to give you the evidence which can help you have real confidence in the Bible message. The Bible tells us that Jesus Christ will come back to the earth to remove all of our world's imperfections, including pain and death. Two examples of this comforting message are found in Isaiah chapter 25, verse 8, where we read, He will swallow up death forever, and the Lord God will wipe away tears from all faces. And again, it repeats it in Revelation chapter 21, verse 4. God will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and there shall be no more death, nor sorrow, nor crying. There shall be no more pain, for the former things have passed away. The Apostle Paul in the New Testament talks about the creation waiting to be freed at the return of the Lord Jesus. And this is what he says. I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. The creation waits for the sons of God to be revealed, for the creation itself will be liberated from its bondage to decay and brought into the glorious freedom of the children of God. The Apostle Paul says our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will follow. The suffering we endure tells us we are dying and decaying, but the Bible says that we can be freed to become God's children. And we're going to look in more detail at God's plan for us in later sessions. And so suffering is part of the consequences of our tendency to want our own way. The Bible promises a time when there will be no more suffering and we should consider whether or not we can trust this promise. So in summary, we live in an imperfect world. We have freedom of choice. Our creator wants us to choose to respond to his love despite our selfish tendencies. Suffering can make us stop and think. Suffering sometimes warns that things are not right. Suffering may make us stop and consider risks we are, that we are taking. Suffering makes us think about the effect of our actions on others. And suffering disturbs our routines and can make us realize that our lives are not endless there is something wrong with our world. And suffering can make us stop and think about our loving creator's offer of life after death, which we can choose to accept or reject. The Bible tells us that suffering is part of the consequences of our tendency to want our own way. It also tells us that suffering will end when Jesus Christ returns to remove the imperfections in our world. I want to thank you for joining us for today. And we look forward to your attendance at our next seminar, God willing, in two weeks. Thank you. Mm -hmm.